Greetings, friends and allies, earth lovers all. Happy summer solstice if you are in the northern hemisphere. Happy winter solstice if you are a southern hemisphere friend. I am Quinn Red Mountain, curator here at the Web of Life Animus Network. Ah, wow. I hope you are staying as cool as possible. I know I am here in the Sonoran Desert. It is hot, hot, hot. The longest day, a great time for a story. And this story is from one of the many creatives and artists and fantastic people in the Web of Life community. Every year I host a training called Spirit Bridge, which is its own beauty. And the narrator and writer of this story just completed that training. And at the end of each year training, I ask each participant to contribute something into the closing ceremony. And when I mentioned this task a few months ago, this beautiful person, Lisa Davies, remembered a story that she would tell her young sons about a dragon. And the more she thought about it in an animistic context, this story about Dolly the dragon had all the elements of a good fairy uh, dragon tale. Finding your gift, recruiting allies, and finding your way home. All are in this beautiful story. So she recorded it, and I am so pleased to share it with you on this beautiful day of the longest sun. May you be well. In a small village on the foothills of a mammoth mountain range, there was a cave which the local people worshipped. Resembling the mouth of a dragon, there were glistening stalactites and tooth-like stalactites near its entrance. The locals were too afraid to enter, but they visited regularly with gifts, for they cherished this auspicious cave. They held a fearful reverence for this deep, dark place, but their offerings of food and incense ensured that anything or anyone living inside would remain appeased. However, no one ever thought of asking how well the gifts were being received. As well as chocolate, the worshippers would gift mind-altering beverages with high sugar content. The incense they burnt was extremely potent and smelt a little like smelly socks. As it happens, the cave was home to someone who, after years of misplaced, albeit well-meaning offerings, was beginning to feel rather perturbed. Dolly, the dragon, 
actually had a lactose intolerance. Too much sugar made her jittery and the alcohol always gave her headaches. So, after a millennia of cave dwelling, she decided to emerge from her cave and stretch her wings a bit. As the daylight hit her scaly, outstretched arms, her feathers flitted gently into the mountainside breeze. She took a deep breath, lifted her head, and rose swiftly through the dense jungle canopy. As her elevation through the cool air increased, her mood became elated too. It had been a very long time since she'd emerged from her cave. She'd forgotten what the world looked like, and it was beautiful. She kept flying, carried away by the scenes which unravelled beneath her. Mystical, ice-tipped mountains she glided along. Blue, algae-rimmed lakes she soared above. Glistening, rain-bejeweled clouds she somersaulted through. Golden-baked barren desert she sailed across. Until she reached Land's End where minuscule pebbles shimmering with seawater disappeared under the waves. She'd never been this far before. She felt uneasy. She looked behind her and couldn't fathom how to return to her lovely but lonesome lair. In her jubilation, she'd gone too far. She sat on the beach and a single tear rolled over her scaly cheeks and landed on her pot belly which stuck out when she sat down because of all the chocolate and booze over the years. She groaned and grumped loudly, sighing and whining, when all of a sudden there was a bubbling of water out at sea and a huge spout of water jetted a thousand feet into the air. A huge eye appeared and stared deeply at Dolly. Then a voice, very deep, bellowed calmly. Hello there. Don't be sad. I'm really the whale. What is the meaning in making this dreary din? Dolly the dragon replied, I left my cave and lost my way. I'm now so alone and with no clue where to go or what to do. Willie the whale gave a gentle, rumbling chortle. You are not alone. I am here. Yes, maybe so, said Dolly the dragon, but all this expanse of water and not another soul in sight, you must be lonely. You've never been beneath the water before, have you? commented Willie the whale. All of your world is above the surface. All of mine is below. I'm certainly not alone. And if you would care to join me, you will see how full of life and love this watery underworld is. I would love to, but I'm not sure I can breathe under the water, reflected Dolly. Well, there's only one way to find out, and by the looks of it, you've got nothing to lose, said Willie. Dolly agreed, and with all of her might, she flew high up into the air, took a big breath, and with wings clipped back, she snout-dived into the water. It turned out she couldn't breathe under the water at all. But she could hold her breath for a really, really long time. As she glided through the water with Willie, they began to be joined by all sorts of bizarre-looking creatures. 
Some had iridescent tentacles flowing in every which direction. There were ones that had the head of a horse but the body of a bumpy, twirly-whirly swimming mini-beast. Then the swimming tortoise. What was all that about? Chirping and whistling was a group of small, well-like creatures that swam faster and liked to show off aerobatic skills. Dolly's favourite swim buddies were bulbous-bodied, slimy-looking spider beings. So many wondrous magical souls, a plethora of shapes and sizes. And then, of course, there were the psychedelic underwater forests with layers upon layers of tiny fauna jetting in and out like bumblebees or hummingbirds. Dolly no longer felt so alone, and she'd found companionship with those who glided and guided her through these watery depths. Yet she concurrently found a peaceful solitude within herself too. She felt she wanted to share something special with Willie as thanks for sharing his wondrous world with her. So she took a deep breath and blew. Bloop, bloop, bloop. Expecting to see fire. She was confounded at seeing bubbles escape her mouth and nose. Her fire breathing wasn't going to work underwater. She felt deflated again. She then had an idea. In the upper world, she recalled once seeing a volcano a long time ago, spewing hot stones and lava, which looked a bit like fire. She had an instinct that volcanoes would exist under the water too, and decided she would now guide her allies to find one fire was her power. It defined her. But in this moment of realising that she could no longer share her own fire from the heart, she could find the fire of Mother Earth and instead they could all revel in the beauty of that together. They swam and swam. None of her water-being friends knew what she was trying to explain, so it was an adventure in the unknown for all. Then, Far away in the distance, she could see a faint red glow. Could this be? As they swam closer, the heat became intense and soon all of her friends were glowing red in the warmth of the Earth's fire. This was the big share. Dolly then felt the pull to go home. She didn't know how she would get there, but had the conviction to try. She thanked Willie the whale and all the other strange sea creatures deeply and bid them farewell. She was now back in the air, flying with purpose. Still a little lost, but somehow not. Back past the golden-baked barren desert. Back through the glistening, rain-bejeweled clouds. Back over the blue algae-rimmed lakes. And back through the mystical ice-tipped mountains back to her forest and finally to her cave. She was exhausted but had a feeling of contentment tingling through her veins like she'd never felt before. She had flown, she had swam, she had seen, she had been and now was. It was time to go home again, curled up with her tail in her mouth.